Hi everyone, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following podcast belong solely to the host and its contributors. They are not necessarily the views of our employers, organizations, committees, or other group or individual. Hi, I'm Joseph Whitney. And I'm David Campbell. Welcome to Brewing with BIM. Where we talk about construction technology, processes, and beer. Welcome to another episode of Brewing with Bim. David, you there, bud? I am here. I am here. All right, man. I'm excited for this one, too. I know we uh, we chat a lot about future technology and what's out there, what's coming. Um, and I think it was really important for us to take a step back and dive in uh, this week to something that's kind of, you know, taking the construction uh, industry by storm. And I know you're a big fan of it. We talked about it. Uh, pretty extensively last week with Jim Martin, and you were talking about, um, you know, wanting to use this for O and M and and training and that sort of stuff. Uh, so I feel like, man, this is perfect topic for us to uh, take a little segue in between um, uh, interviews and uh, discuss. So for those of you guys listening at home, this is over augmented reality, virtual reality, and mixed reality. Yes, I'm very excited about this episode, and I, I always get excited when we start talking about AR, VR, MR, um, and, and how it's utilized not only but in construction as well. Yeah, it's got so many new use cases, and it, I mean, it's still an early technology uh, for you know people out in the industry. Yes, it's still bleeding edge in, in many facets. Um, there are uh, leading edge components to it. Uh, Think about, you know, using VR to sell a condo view before it's built, that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of different things that we can do, and we'll talk about, you know, a few case studies or use cases of each. Um, but I think this is a great episode. And before we get too deep, though, man, i got to ask you, what are you drinking? Well, I've got a, I've got a couple things out here for, uh, for today. I've got a, a three, three Creeks Brewing Company Five Pine Chocolate Porter. Oh, that sounds good. Good and heavy. Very good. And then a, uh, a pineapple rosé from the Portland Cider Company. Ah, you had to get the fruit in there, man. I knew you. <laughs> I knew you. Something weird. Yeah, dude. <laughs> David is a hippie, for those of you guys that don't know. <laughs> um, Got to mix it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I am drinking uh, – so last week I had the, the scotch, and the week before that I was drinking some uh, Victory um, Brewing. Well, this week I went back on the victory and I got their Hop Devil because I'm a sucker for hops. The Pacific Northwest ruined my taste buds. Uh, so I got some victory brewing out of Downington, Downington, uh, Pennsylvania. It's a, it's a suburb of Philly. Um, Hop Devil. It is, uh, pretty, pretty hoppy. It's good. Um, you know, it's on par with, uh, the Rogue and the, you know, the Deschutes and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Cool, cool. Come out there and try some. Bro, man, we gotta get this. We gotta get this going. Um, <laughs> we travel all over the country, but I think since I moved, we've only traveled to the same place maybe twice. Once was Vegas, and once was somewhere in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll, we'll figure this out. Um, I, I, you know, I do have some travel plans coming up where I'll be doing some stuff for work that. 
um, is going to allow me to tour some really cool stuff that we'll talk about on this podcast. Be really awesome to have you there with me, bud. Yeah. Yes. Send me the invite. What's yeah. up? All right, man. Well, uh, let's get back to this episode. Yep. Uh, so we kind of wanted to talk about uh, the the history of AR, right? I know you put together some notes, um, and I'll let you you know chat about chat about that. But it's not a new technology, is it? By any stretch no. of imagination. No, it's kind of funny um, how old it actually is. I didn't I didn't know until I started researching it. It was actually the original um, like virtual reality was invented in 1968 with Ivan Sutherland's development of the first head-mounted display system. And they nicknamed it the Sword of Democles. That was oh awesome. My. That sounds great. What is Democles in reference to? That's got to be like some mythology or, or something. Quick Google Let's here. See. Yeah, Democles is a character who appears in a likely anecdote commonly referred to as the Sword of Democles, an allusion to the imminent and ever-present peril faced by those in positions of power. Oh, huh. all right. All right. <laughs> this that's kind of fitting. Yeah. So that works. Um, yeah. Now, since then, though, um, the, the term like virtual reality, augmented reality, um, wasn't really coined until 1990 um, by Boeing researcher Tim Caudell. And that's when they started using uh, virtual reality. All right. Um, virtual reality uh you know like you always see reference to it in like really cheesy old you know movies where somebody straps on a headset and they just disappear you know you could think about it in you know tron type situations or um you know where they get sucked into a video game or or whatever it is right Mm -hmm. that's kind of the pop culture reference to it um but uh, you know for for those that are aren't too familiar with VR um, and they want to know what VR is. It's a, you know, stands for virtual reality. It's a simulated experience that can be similar to or completely different from the real world. Uh, meaning you can have a fantasy land, you know, tigers and giraffes and flying unicorns or whatever you want, um, you know, running on a rainbow or, you know, it could just be, you know, your normal everyday life. Um, but you're living a simulation through it. Uh, there was a movie with Bruce Willis that came out a while back. Do you remember that? Um, where he was a cop, they were in, in a body, but they were all living in virtual reality together. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't remember what it was called. Yeah. I, I, uh, I remember quite a few movies like that. I was like, uh, this is going to bother me. Um, this is why we have Google folks. Uh, <laughs> surrogates, surrogates. Um, came out in 2009, which damn is a long time ago. That's 11 years. Um, but yeah, it was like, you know, they're all living, uh, you know, laying down in the bed somewhere and I don't know who's wiping their butts or feeding them, but, uh, they, uh, you know, live in a headset essentially and, you know, they're controlling the world around them, but it looks like a normal world. It's Mm -hmm. just, you know, nobody has to get out and risk being, Heard or whatever, and then there's that new movie that came out. I guess maybe two or three years ago, uh, one or something like that. Uh, oh, uh, Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Yeah, 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 dude. Well, Matrix. I mean, Matrix hmm. was one of them. You think about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that was that was you know right up there. The whole whole sort of thing. Living in a world that isn't really real. You're plugging in, right? Yep, yep. Um, but, so that's that's virtual reality. 
Um, but there's, you know, there's augmented reality, there's mixed reality. And people are coining these terms just seems like every day, like new, new technologies, um, are coming out. And I think mixed realities might even be like a, a term from, from Microsoft because they actually promote the Microsoft mixed reality. And that's what everybody's building kind of, kind of the mixed reality stuff on. Yeah. You know, it was crazy. I went to a, uh, um, a BIM user group and it was in uh, Portland, um, and there was a presentation that they did. I can't remember what company it was, but they were they were still in startup. But he was developing an application like on the, the Hololens like goggles, uh, glasses, where it was mixed reality. So as you're walking through the building, um, it actually overlays the design, and you can see kind of exactly how everything will overlay in the current space. It was awesome. Yeah, and and um, mixed reality and well, it's a bit newer, but um, augmented reality mm-hmm. isn't new to construction. I mean, if you think about it, um, we've been, you know, playing with like BIM 360 glue, mm-hmm. um, applications of that nature for a while, um, where you're, you know, you're you're overlaying your model essentially against the real world. But um, you know, the technology seems to, you know, have gone leaps and bounds. Uh, in other disciplines, and it seems to be bleeding over now into construction, where we're actually getting to leverage all that stuff. I was um, I was at Mortensen Construction in Chicago. Um, uh, shout out to uh, Tim Schubert who put this uh, event on for us. We were doing this um, um, uh, event at their facility and uh, talking to a bunch of subcontractors. But uh, Tim uh, let us come in and actually play with uh, their uh, HTC Vive setup, where they were showing off. Um, Kind of a VR landscape, but they were showing, you know, the the model, but how the, you know, the the future owners, you know, or uh, future tenants rather could interact with it. So this example that they use that they show is a doctor's office, uh, operating room, or, or something that 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 nature, where you can interact with the space. And I talked about this on a few different podcasts, but it's just so great because it's all built on Unity. Unity is this remarkable platform. Um, it's so easy to use. It's kind of like a gaming engine, but yeah. so fast and, and the, and, you know, it's, um, pretty, pretty seamless with our models and, you know, it's, it's not too much fudge factor. And, you know, a lot of times you got to dump some stuff down to make it work. Um, like Enscape, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, en- Enscape. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that's right. Uh, virtual live is another one. Um, those mm-hmm. are more augmented. Yeah, uh, augmented reality, augmented, and then yeah, you can yeah. set up some virtual reality scenarios and things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Mm. And then there was, uh, do you guys remember um, Revit Live? It seems to. Oh yeah, Revit Live was awesome. Gotten out of the news for a while. They had this uh, gaming engine that was pretty remarkable, uh, but it allowed us to uh, kind of do virtual reality with our Revit models. Um, you know, the renderings, you know, they're, you know, I think Enscape might be doing a little bit better on the, re- on the rendering side, but, yeah. um, it was, it was still pretty cool for, especially for something that's free and included with your, your software. It was. It yeah. was. You can get the first great. person shooter kind of view, walk through, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll walk up the stairs. You could have little, uh, videos playing on televisions, question markers or information panels, things you could click on and kind of interact with into the model. I think it that is- was awesome. It's a great way to collaborate and communicate with owners and, uh, you know, non-technical stakeholders. Stakeholders, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Like, you know, this 
does you know this seems like it's you know coming out tomorrow but this is technology that's been existing for for, for, for a while, while. Yeah. yeah yeah uh i know we're seeing more of it come into construction which is a great i, I think a really great thing it is yeah unity is actually starting to get in a big presence in construction uh, i sat next to a technical uh, specialist for a while that was developing games on unity for smartphones and, um, you know, he got me into it and I played around with a few scripts. Um, and it was cool. Um, just, you know, not my cup of tea to sit around and write video games, but it just showed me what was possible. And then, you know, fast forward like five, six years later and all of a sudden Unity is a big player in the construction industry, the design and construction industry there. You know, they had a big, massive booth at AU. Um, you know, they're, they're, you know, hammering through presentations and, and a lot of people, you know, that's all, all I heard out of their mouth was Unity, Unity, Unity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know, uh, was it Britton Langdon over at MSuite? He's a big, big fan of Unity and talks about um, the future of their platform. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I'm a big fan. You know, this is an area that I don't claim to know a lot about. And the reason is I don't actually own any headsets. I do want one. I just, you know, I just don't. Every time uh, <laughs> the expense comes up, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I, I got, a, you know, like three or four tablets laying around the house. I'll just keep using those. <laughs> there you go. I was at a, uh, a land survey conference in Pennsylvania. Um, that's probably about a month ago. And um, one of the colleges, I believe it was Penn College, was actually using virtual reality to show students how to run total stations. It was awesome. Heck yeah. Yeah. So you strap on your, your goggles and... You know, it, it relates to a younger crowd. Like, I can control this total station from, you know, from this headset, and it shows me how to run it and what I need to know and about setting up. And I don't know. It was, it was pretty good. It was a good way to get young people interested in the technology. And right next to them was this booth of a very large uh, engineering uh, consulting firm that was giving away these headsets, um, just free little headsets, um, kind of like the Google Cardboard, but they're, you know, rubber silicone that you know are collapsible they pull out and you slide your phone into it yeah and uh you just play with that we downloaded uh some like you know vr cosmos you know thing where you can uh, just point and shoot at um uh you know in spaceships as they go by my little my little girl my my seven-year-old she uh you know just spends like 30 minutes like playing with it i'm like all right all right that's enough give me my phone back <laughs> like, that's all she wants to do is just sit there and shoot down spaceships in virtual reality I'm like man like, you know, it's, it's fun. So that's what we think about when we think of virtual reality. We think about games, but we don't think about, you know, training people how to use survey equipment or run dozers or, uh, I saw a setup a long time ago. This was actually Topcom was promoting this. It was, uh, like a virtual ex, um, virtual dozer that you could run, uh, using Oculus, uh, headsets. This, I don't know, like six years ago, but it was still pretty cool. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the, you think the flight simulators, I mean, a lot of that type of, um, technology like flight simulators or even um, I want to say in the military we had a we had certain equipment that we would use kind of going through for different types of training and we would use different types of well virtual reality or like goggles or you'd have screens kind of set up where you would go through different scenarios to train on it and we're seeing that come into construction and showing people um, well, a lot, right? I mean, just a lot of information as they're walking through the model. They're able to kind of see the different materials, see how everything looks, and kind of 
uh, check how everything's coming to or where it is now? Yeah, yeah. I think that there's um, a great use uh, for construction that we're going to start seeing, especially as we start talking about automated um, devices on the job sites. Mm-hmm. Pardon me, man. Uh, IPA's got to burping up a little bit. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, you know, like there were some companies that were a little too early to market and maybe they didn't have a fully baked out system. Like uh, I was reading this article about Daiquiri, which is unfortunate because, you know, I, I liked Daiquiri at the time. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, I was chatting with them about uh, opening up, you know, resellers, you know, distribution, resellership channels, that sort of stuff. And uh, ultimately, when we saw the product, we realized, okay, you guys might not be there yet. Um, so we, we kind of held off. But um, uh, I, you know, I thought it was cool. I just didn't really see the use case just yet. Um, and, you know, they just read this article about their demise and, you know, how they were selling off pieces of their company. It sounds like, you know, it has, a little, has to do with a little bit more than, than timing of their release and all that stuff. But, um, you know, that said... You know, that company was, you know, they were, they were pretty early in this space and without, you know, huge backings of like, you know, say Facebook or, or, um, you know, Google or whatnot, because they were, you know, they're yeah. working on their own stuff. But, you know, that said, there's, uh, I was just reading this article by Vox that said, uh, AR VR is, is the hottest software engineer job in the tech industry right now. Like that is the job to have. Like, yeah. you know, there, people are fawning over them. So, uh, if you get into AI, AR, VR, um, you know, predictive analytics, robotics, any of that stuff, like you're, you're, it seems like you've got a pretty well, you know, well set future for the next, uh, several years. Yeah. Um, uh, it's where also, we're going. I mean, it's yeah. where we're going. It's where we need to go at this point where, where with the information that we have, uh, or the capable, uh, the capable, the information that we are capable of providing with our models and, um, the information that we need from the field or from the office, you know, from the field to the office, to the field, what, what have you. Um, it, it's, it's all, I, I think, uh, it's all information that we can kind of optimize. Right. And as we see that, uh, we have this abundance of information, I think that AR VR is going to really push us into, um, helping kind of revolutionize construction, right? Right now, construction is very expensive. It's very wasteful. It takes a lot of time. We're seeing a lot of innovation in developing ways to get around that, right? And we're still seeing a lot of that kind of pick up. It's getting more popular and popular. I think AR, VR, MR is really going to help with all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, you're talking about, you know, construction, uh, chaos and, and schedules and stuff. I still say, you know, while AR, VR is going to help us get there, the biggest thing for all of that is prefabrication. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, shout out to Dan White's team over at WG Tomco. I've been following them on, on uh, LinkedIn for quite some time. Their, their prefabrication, you know, it was really great seeing them come into it. It's just a phenomenal thing. Um, so, but, but AR, VR, MR, um, I think we probably should find, you know, um, the AR piece a little bit. Uh, so for those of you guys that don't know, AR kind of superimposes uh, computer-generated images uh, onto the real world, or you can do it vice versa, right? Um, but 
think about it like Pokemon Go, right? Those little people, you know, playing on their phones and they wave them in a certain area and it's just a little Pokemon. I have a feeling, I have a hunch. You played Pokemon Go, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I definitely. Did. Oh man. Oh yes. Um, you know, I also I like to it. think of it though, like uh, in the grocery store. You know, when you're trying to figure out where things are, you can look at your phone and it tells you. Hey, you know, go down. It has little arrows that pop up in front of you and tell you which aisles to go down to find things. That's pretty cool. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, this is AR borderline MR type type situations. Yep. Um, but but um, the definition of AR is that it's kind of limited, right? That you can you know use QR codes to to generate an interaction, but it's not a real interaction. It's like a visual. Um, you can't you know flip it, move it, interact with it like you would in a VR capability. Um, MR is, is, you know, as far as these definitions go that are seem loosely defined on the internet, um, MR is more of the hybridization of AR and VR. So um, it's AR where you're either, um, you know, in, in the real world with superimposed images or you're in virtual reality with superimposed reality in there. Um, yep. But you get to interact with everything. You can flip it, spin it, touch it, get information about it. Um, like, you know, you could play a scenario where you shoot something. Like, there, there are things that, that can happen uh, yep. that aren't necessarily possible with plain AR. Yes. Per the mean, definitions on the internet. I, I'm, don't yeah. quote us. <laughs> no, dude, yes. But, I mean, that's exactly what it is, and that's where we're going with it, right? I mean, as we start to see more of the BIM and GIS integrations, um, as we can push some more of those scenarios in real life um, scenarios or extreme scenarios, right, and, and start to see how things will react in, in those situations, I think that's going to be awesome yeah. for design and construction. Well, I think the biggest thing to help push this along is not only the – like you can put these integrations inside of design applications and construction applications – but I think for them to really get adopted, uh, we've got to start focusing on applications uh, called Web AR or Web VR. Mm-hmm. And what they are is they're, you know, Viewers. you can use your phone. Yeah, it's a web viewer. Like, you don't yeah. need to download specialty apps. You don't need to, you know, have special devices. You could essentially use your smartphone. You know, a headset would give you more capabilities, but you could just use your smartphone to, to do certain things. And, you know, I think that sets the basis, maybe, you know, helps get people acclimated, gets people interested. It's kind of like having the Prius before you get to a Tesla, right? You see a lot of Priuses around, you're like, oh, you know, suddenly I don't hate um, electric hybrid vehicles as much. And then you see a Tesla and you're like, (laughs) ah, it's all electric. I don't hear the engine, but you know what? That is a beautiful car and it's fast and it's, you know, fuel efficient. Oh, I would love to drive a Tesla. Yeah. I would love to. That's yeah, I think, I think these days, <laughs> but I think without right. having uh, some kind of you know, stall gap or something in there, or I don't know, maybe I, I Tesla's would be zero to sixty on those things, and the base model was what like four point one seconds or something. Like, oh my gosh! I got a little BMW, and it, it, it's probably three times that. It's so freaking slow. twin turbo, and it's just like, <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I would. I'd kill myself in a Tesla. Dude, it's all right. I, I'm driving a little Mini Cooper S. Oh, I know. That thing's like a go-kart where it, it feels like I'm doing 100 when really I'm doing like, I don't know, 30. But. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, another quick. BMW, man. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, man. No, they're, they're great cars. Although yours is, uh, uh, for those of you guys who don't know, David's car is is the demon car. It uh, seems to <laughs> have everything in the world wrong with it. 
About every uh, six months, I've had a breakdown months. so far, but we're, we're figuring it out. Me and old Blue, that's uh, that's 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 his name, Blue. He's got all the Union Jacks all over it, so Dude, uh, I need to get that off of. Him. Oh man! Oh As, man! You are a patriot of these here United States guys. Yeah. Right? Come on. I got now. that car, and I'm like, man, everybody's looking at me like. I, I love Great Britain, and I'm like, ah, just it, it came with the car. You just need to put it's like cool. an Austin Powers sticker on there, and all that. <laughs> people will be like, oh, it's an Austin Powers Mini Cooper. I get it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh man. Um, music playing as I get out. <laughs> oh, I love those movies. Mike Myers, uh, he's been hit or miss uh, a lot, but uh, you know that movie, those movies, those series were great. Uh, so I Married an Axe Murder was great. I don't know. Love I'm, 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 I love yeah, Guru. Yeah, that was one of those misses for me, but maybe <laughs> I'll have to watch it. Yeah, no, I liked it. It was it, it was one of those dumb, funny movies for me. And I, I have a crush on Jessica Alba, too, so. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. yeah. There's that uh, movie she did with Paul Walker. I know we're getting way off topic here, but you guys deal with it. This is <laughs> podcast. She's that movie with Paul Walker, man, and I was a big Paul Walker fan at the time, so uh, I watched it probably like five times that um, into the deep or something. I don't know. Blue or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yep, yep. All, All right, right man. back on topic. Yeah. Oh, back on topic. All right. <laughs> oh, hey, this pineapple rosé is actually it's it's uh it's really good though so, by Portland Cider Company. I like this. Ooh, Portland Cider Company. Little shout out. Now, yep, we'll yep. expect some royalty checks in the mail. Um, <laughs> just take all out to Joey Whitney. Uh. All right, so we gave out AR. Uh, VR is, of course, the artificial world in which you interact with virtual objects, but MR is the merging of the two, right? And that's really where we see the most kind of uh, impact in our industry. Yeah, yeah, eventually, right? I mean, there were only... It's kind of a really new platform, the MR side of it. Windows is really pumping it. Uh, they have this Windows Mixed Reality you know, platform. And there's a lot of devices already out there, but they require... Uh, I mean... They're, they're not real Mixed Reality devices. They are devices that um, allow you to bring in the real world into the virtual reality world, but you're tethered to something still. It's, it's really weird. What I look forward to is I, I keep thinking of the idea of where I can let's say, lay out my pipe systems or what have you, and I'm, I'm walking through the building and looking at, let's say, how they would fit in between the current rafters or, excuse me, beams. Oh, the beer's kicking in already. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to see how everything is going to sit, how your ducts would fit, everything like that. And as you continue to add more components to it, you could see if there's any clashes, right, any issues. Or let's just say... If we're going to rehab this this current building, if we're we're going in for for um, an update, right? And I need to know exactly what I might have to cut through or what I might have to pull out, so I can save the owner, save myself some time and money, right? And as I'm looking through this, okay, we have to cut through this. We can put this through here. That's going to save us the most money. I mean, having something like that, I think, is going to be very ideal for not just architecture, but seeing how everything's laid out, but every industry, every, I want to say discipline, every industry, every discipline of this industry, you can kind of see the benefits of that when you're bringing that design or the, you know, the virtual, the real world and combining it with that, uh, that, that 
virtual or augmented as, as we're saying. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know, like the future use cases that you're mentioning, like, I think they're great. I think, uh, I think we just need somebody to, um, really just jump out front and own it. I know HoloLens is doing a lot of things. Let's go. Evangelize. There we go. Like there's a lot of, I see a lot of tech out there these days and, um, I'm just going to say it, you know, five years from now, half of them won't exist. Um, so a lot of people are really skeptical about who they bet on. My thought is, well, hey, bet on a, you know, HoloLens because they're, they're going to be around for a while. They're back, you know, Microsoft company, right? Um, I think they're great. HTC Vive is great on the VR side. Yeah. Uh, Oculus, I think, uh, um, oh, yeah. Facebook is huge. Yeah, Facebook announced that they're going to fully get into the, I think, the ARMR space. So, I don't know, a lot of a lot of cool stuff there. Being able to do visual clash. And um, we were chatting with somebody that was telling us about um, uh, modeling in, in AR. Mm-hmm. So, like you were kind of saying, but, like, just being able to go into a space and, and say, okay, well, let's start designing our system inside the confines of the space and, we actually know the real world limitations as we're in here yep. because this is an existing structure and I'm physically in it saying how I'm routing pipe or, or moving stuff around there. I mean, I think that's pretty dang cool. Uh, so think about merging technologies, right? So maybe I'm not on site. Maybe I scanned this facility. So I've got a point cloud. I've created some meshes or maybe I created a Revit model out of it. And then I want to take that into, uh, you know, that with all of its constraints and everything uh, into my uh, VR application my whatever however my, my modeling setup and model inside of that you know uh real world data because it, you know it was a point cloud yes it's, it's, it's as real as you get right i mean uh there's you know some flex in the tolerance but you know if the scan was done right what is that three millimeters Come yes on. accuracy there's three millimeter accuracy yep. yeah so if you're you know doing that you know you're you're going to be on all the time like so that's a great way to to do these, uh, um, to kind of do the design stuff. And, and, you know, that's, we're talking about TIs, but think about a real project and the subcontractors coming in later. Um, you know, yeah, maybe they've completed the design, but maybe now they have a point cloud. Uh, you, you know, they've got a day, right? They've got a point cloud, um, of the real conditions of that site. Um, you know, it was from it yesterday. Really, we can get really in on some modeling. Project stuff. planning too, I think though. Like yep. in general, as, as you're getting a, a project together in general, no matter if you're using AR, VR, MR, it, it's going to help you plan out that project and, and be better prepared as to what materials are there, what conditions are there, what you're sending people to do. You know, your whole schedule and timeline itself, you can adjust based off of those conditions. I think it's, it's good. It's awesome. Even, I mean, you're going to see also a QAQC, right? As construction goes on. Um, to help check and assess everything, and, and you're going to see, all right, do we need to make changes as, you know, we, we've noticed our timeline is, let's say, pushing out or, or hey, we're, we're ahead of schedule, um, and anything like that, or what, I guess, if we start pushing into combining AR, VR, MR with uh, AI, right, the, the, the analytics of things can start seeing and analyzing um, maybe issues or let's say safety or issues yeah. that maybe Pattern are recognition, pre- predictive analytics. Yes. Predictive analytics, man. I mean, they're looking at 
different things that could happen on this job site. Again, that could be a safety issue or that could have been an, a change order or an issue on another site that yeah. it, it has the same conditions, right? Or maybe it can um, help weed out change orders. And mm-hmm. um, I don't. So do you know who David Cordicus is? Uh, yeah, I've seen him. Uh, the what is it? The depth of the ROI. Uh, RFI, RFI. R- RFI. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. So I've known Dave for a while. We've chatted off and on about some stuff. Uh, he's got a good relationship with people we work with. Uh, we're gonna have him on a podcast episode. Uh, we're chatting with him about some stuff. But uh, yeah, his whole thing about you know uh, the death of the RFI. As we don't need that. We have technology in place right today and processes that just eliminate the need for an RFI. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the RFI in my mind is, is, should only be for documenting. Like we've communicated everything. Now let's just use it for documenting what we've communicated. We don't, we, we don't need this. The model has all the data or, or we can figure out a way to share all this data and have it, um, have it stored. But, you know, if you, if you, you know, want to stamp something, and get, clarification on why you went went with something or whatever sure we'll use an rfi as reference but you know that's just documenting the decision that doesn't necessarily need to be an rfi his whole thing about the death of the rfi is it's it's pretty ingenious it makes sense to me yeah yeah i mean i know in that sense it does it really does because again all the information that you need is in the model and as it changes as the real world conditions change as we get further into this. It it should all adapt. It should all all the information should be there. Yeah, yeah, and and we should be able to do with, you know, as you're talking about AI and predictive analytics, like that's going to do away with a lot of this stuff. It is. Um, so you know, sorry, one thing I was um, no no you're good. I was just really excited to talk about this one um, with VR use and AR use um, kind of thing is the underground construction right. Seeing, I mean, underground is, is that like is that like the lines. underground, like the CD underbelly, like there's a, a punk scene brewing uh, for for ARVR? Is that is that what you're getting at? Yes, totally. No, <laughs> what I'm saying is, you know, we have all this stuff for 811, right? Dial before you dig, or 611, yeah. or um, what have you. And then as we're getting into mining, everything like that, um, the different construction in terms of, hey man, I want to I want to dig this trench in my backyard. Or I want to go ahead and put this drain tile in. Uh, I need to make sure there's no lines or utilities here, right? Or if I'm actually digging a huge tunnel and I'm in a mine and I want to see kind of what is where. I mean, I think it's going to help. Uh, something like that would help us no matter what. Even just being able to use your smartphone and tapping into a database that has the location of these lines and things and walking around my backyard and saying, oh, here's one, okay. And I can see where they are and the depth that they are and things like that so that I know I'm not going to um, impact them in any way. And, hey, you know what? We don't need to send a service person out here to go ahead and paint my yard and tell me exactly where these lines are. So this exists, and I'm not going to get into too much details uh, about it, but this exists in a form where it attaches to a GPS unit and we can um, uh, see where things are as long as we know where they are, whether we're using GIS data or a model or something mm-hmm. uh, for underground and infrastructure. This exists, and we can chat about that later. Um, that sounds like reasons, a good conversation. Yeah, reasons why maybe not the greatest, but um, uh, I think anytime you can leverage uh, a city's GIS database, yes, I understand they're off. Uh, what does GIS stand for? I always got this joke, uh, uh, get it surveyed, GIS, get it surveyed. There's a big feud between GIS guys and surveyors. Um, 
JS is not accurate. It's not about accuracy for us. What it's about is mass data and data extraction, um, uh, data, you know, understanding trends in the data, that sort of stuff, and being able to say with the confidence that, hey, you know, maybe this big box store should build here, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, the surveyors, yes, they, there's an accuracy. I get that, and I'm, I'm not knocking that. Uh, but the two don't play very well together um, in today's standards, I guess. Uh, maybe one day, who knows? But uh, uh, so if you could tie in that GIS stuff, slap on some some goggles, and know that you know, hey, look, there's no pipes in my backyard. Go ahead and dig that swimming pool that I've been talking about digging. That'd be awesome, man. <laughs> you know, I also there was another one I really liked uh, with a VR setup, right? I, I uh, on some in some applications, the virtual reality setup can measure a room. So it measures anything, measures obstacles, anything like that. Um, and you can actually take information, take those measurements, and know everything is kind of scaled based off of that. In the in the actual like uh, setup that you're in, right? Yeah. In the space yeah. that you're in. That makes perfect sense. There's an app on your phone. It's on the iPhones. It's not on. I don't think it's on Android. It's called. I think it's called Magic Plan. Um, you literally just. Uh, it's it's VR essentially, right? It's in a, in a way, it's got, you know, a little triangular axis, the X, Y, Z. You uh, align that to the bottom corner of a wall. You drag it over, you know, take it, take, take, you know, press the button, snap it, and, you know, do that to all the corners in the room. And then it gives you the, the floor plan, a plan of the room and all the dimensions and everything of the room. Like it already dimensions everything out. Um, just throw that in the headset and away you go. Yeah, man, to, to map everything out. I mean, that, that would save so much time. It's ridiculous. But knowing kind of where you are and in what space that you have when you're even designing, right, or when you're planning out this project and knowing what is where, that's going to help us uh, in so many different ways. Yep, yep, I agree, man. I agree. Um, so maybe we should start talking about headsets. Um, uh, you know, we talked about VR a little bit there, and we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, measuring accurately, QAQC, Project planning, uh, which what I've seen so far on the project planning side has been like less of project planning, but more about project follow up, you know, visually mm-hmm. walking a job site to see where issues happen. Coordination. Yeah, that sort of stuff. Well, not just coordination, but like if somebody creates an issue inside of the design, like a, a BIM 360 type platform, yeah. um, they create an issue, you could have that in your VR and walk around and actually see that issue or, or you're maybe you're an AR and you're walking the job site and you see an issue associated with the room. You can literally walk into that room, click a button, and they'll tell you everything that's associated with it. And, and that's not necessarily project planning. That's more, in my mind, project follow-up. But it does kind of follow that, that, that process. But let's talk about the headsets that people are wearing on those, those types of things, right? Um, uh, so on the VR side, um, Oculus and HTC Vive are the ones that I've seen the most of. Have you come across, uh, any, you know, in construction maybe that, that, or design that uh, are on the VR side? Um, not, I mean, I've seen the Oculus. I've also seen, of course, the HTC Vive uh, mainly. The Oculus is a big one because it does have uh, a cheaper price point. Um, yeah, and it has a little bit of uh, VR, I guess AR with it, right? So there's yes. a mode where you can actually uh, sense your surroundings around you. And uh, I don't know, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Like there's, 
like there's kind of an overlay. Um, a gentleman that we work with, uh, Kevin Musk, uh, was, you know, letting us play with a set of his Oculus, uh, or maybe, you know, family members' Oculus, something. But we were playing around with it and, you know, flipping through some models and doing some stuff. And yeah, it was such a low cost, what are they, like three, four hundred dollars? Talk about costing yeah. an option here. Yeah. Three, four hundred dollars. Um, and you can do all this stuff. Again, you know, you know, it's not tethered to computers, no computer uh, specs are needed, that stuff. I mean, That's even a, just to just position yourself on the site, right, and, and, and look at the existing conditions, kind of look at how things are, even just with a Google Maps application, just a yeah. Google Earth, you know, just setting yourself there and seeing how everything is. That, that, yeah. I think that's awesome. There used to be this workflow for InfoWorks where we could, um, uh, there was an AR uh, um, application on the, the Autodesk CAD. Um, so you could go to, you know, do stuff in InfoWorks and then you could slap it out to AR uh, with a click of a button pretty much and, uh, you know, do augmented reality with your InfoWorks model. Like, it was awesome. It's like, you know, the Google Earth type thing, but with my design. Like, I had all this stuff. Yep. And I had the, the, you know, the design roads, the infrastructure, all that stuff that I've created. Um, but, you know, just with the regular city as a backdrop, the, the, the open, the open source data, which, you know, is, is, is good to an extent, right? Yeah. But, yeah. It's at least good for context. Yes. Um, but they I mean, get away with that. Honestly, that's one of the, uh, which, if I can do a spinoff kind of thing, but, um, I think that's all our podcast is, is tangents and spinoffs. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say a little shout out to kind of form it there when you could take Google Maps, kind of Google Earth information and pull it into kind of conceptualize, right? If you're on your tablet, you're at the site, you bring in a Google Maps or Google Earth kind of overlay and start to look around and draw these kind of shapes and masses, right? And kind of push and pull things as you need as you're there you know, looking at everything and being able to see how that site is. I think that was, that was awesome. I yeah, that, that a lot. That, that's, uh, that's a great, great application for it. Um, so those are like the two main headsets that I knew of. A lot of people use their smartphones, like we're saying, like if you use, mm-hmm. um, you know, auto, uh, if you used Infoworks or if you used, glue, you know, glue or if you used, um, I don't know, is format on your, like, is that, uh, can you do that on your phone, or is that a headset too, or what, what was no, that? No, I think you could use that on your phone, yeah. Okay, well, even on your phone. So your phone seems to be like the most uh, well, I mean, easy. that's the biggest use case, yeah. right? Everybody really has accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got a Samsung. All you have to do is enable the Samsung VR apps, and you could run uh, virtual reality on your phone pretty easily. It's awesome. Like, it does it all. Like, it's, you know, it's just a phone. You just need the you know headset with the right um, uh, lenses and, you know, you know, different spacing or whatever you need between your eyes and the phone, whatever that magic number is. I don't know. Um, you just need that. And, uh, yeah, you'd be in virtual reality. Yep. I was at, uh, so, uh, Topo 3D, uh, Paul Tice hosted this event with Topo 3D. Um, this was in Beaverton and it was, I think it was like an after hours event. Went toward their facility and we were chatting about, um, they had like a, a co-working office, like a like a WeWork, but it was you know more local, less grandiose, and, and the WeWork type stuff. And they're not a bankrupt company now, like WeWork. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, it was a cool space. Uh, you know, it was kind of like a little you know tech hub incubator thing. 
Um, anyways, we toured his stuff. He was talking about drones, drone technology. And then afterwards, T-Mobile was there with a bunch of, uh, um, you know, cardboard glasses and showing everybody like, you know, uh, uh, virtual reality with their phones and stuff. And I, I believe he did something over augmented reality with drones. And I think maybe he was talking about, uh, controlling drones with a headset or something. You know, this is a few years back, so I barely remember, but, uh, I can't remember yesterday, but, um, you got kids, you know how that is, right? You're oh yeah. Dad brain. It's like three seconds. And then I don't know what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh man. Um, what were we talking about? Yeah. We're doing a podcast right now. Is that, is that what's going on? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, he had this virtual reality, you know, T-Mobile came out with this virtual reality stuff. It's kind of cool. Like just showing off, you know, what your phone can do. So, you know, it makes sense that like, look, make it easy, put it in people's hands. Look, you're already on the phone, not just by the Jim Martin threw out a number last week. He said $200 headset. I wish they were $200. When they get the $200, I'm going to buy 10 pairs, man. <laughs> it's too much money. But I'll buy maybe two pairs, two different brands or something. Um, but, but you know, you can't beat that. Just wait for the cost to come down. Right? Yeah. So uh, cost of adoption, right? Uh, if you're using your phone, no problem at all, right? Just you already own it. You know, mm-hmm. Get an app. You're done. You're ready to go. Um, if you're looking for a headset, uh, Oculus has some, I think starting at like 300 bucks, you know, it's nothing in the, in the space. Samsung makes some pretty good ones. Yeah. Dell. Yeah. Yeah. All the, all the computer companies have one, you know, Windows, Dell, HP, Samsung, all of them have, have, a um, uh, some form of AR and many of them, or sorry, uh, VR and many of them have AR as well. In fact, probably almost all of those have AR. Um, and then, you know, then there's mixed use reality, right? Headsets. Um, there's the, so we got like HoloLens, which is kind of mixed reality, but there's mostly spun towards virtual reality or augmented reality these days. Um, what is that? Like 2,500 bucks? HoloLens 2 or something? Maybe 3,500 yeah. bucks? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a wee bit out of my price range. Yeah. Just a hair, a hair out of the consumer, consumer price range, right? You, I'm the guy that looks like a, at an Xbox. I know you you play video games all the time, but I look at an Xbox and I'm like, eh, I just can't spend that much money on myself. Oh, no, dude, I know. I, I actually, you know, it's funny. Uh, make fun of me all you want, but I just got rid of that Switch because I was like, yeah. oh, we just don't play it enough. And then I'm looking at it and I'm like, I'm not gonna pay that much for another game system. I'm just not gonna do it. That's too much. Yeah, we're adults. When you're a kid, when you're say 25 or younger, man, like. I had, you know, the Xbox and the Playstations and I loved them. They were fun. But, uh, it's, as a parent, it's too much money for me to spend on myself. That said, I'm on the cusp of going out and buying a drone that's way out of that price range. So I don't know. We'll see, man. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess it's just about finding, uh, finding something you feel that's worth it. And yeah. who knows? Maybe some of you can make money on. I don't know. Um, I don't know if you can make money playing video games. What are those? There's, there's like some app or something kids do these days, and they watch each other play video games or something. And oh, kids Twitch, dude. There's Twitch. so many. There's so they're dude. Honestly, yes, you can pay. You can games. get paid to play video games. It's there crazy. is an NBA 2K e league. I like. I swear. I I wish I could be that good. I wish I could spend that much time to play Madden or 2K to get drafted by a by a. You know, by a team like ah oh, man, you guys want me to play? You, you want me to play video games for the rest well, of the day? Oh, okay. Just wait right. somebody like you know figures out how to use this in AR, and then they uh, they have to have some athletic capabilities. 
<laughs> Otherwise, they can't do it. <laughs> yeah. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Um, I'd be a right. six-pack in and play it in the best Madden I've ever played. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> At least I think so, right? Yeah. 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 Hey, man. Uh, the perception of that the alcohol, alcohol gives you. Um, it's, it's worth it. It's worth the ten bucks you pay for it, man. Oh, yes, it yep, yep. Well, probably sometimes even a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> some of your beers, but uh, yeah. Um, so mixed reality though, like the headsets tend to vary a little bit more in cost, and the reason is um, there are, you know, you talk about Hololens at the twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred dollar price range, but then there are mixed reality headsets that are more focused in bringing. Uh, smaller elements of the real world into virtual reality. Yep. Uh, not necessarily about bringing, you know, virtual reality into the real world. I don't think that, I think they were, I read somewhere that they require, require less computing than AR and that sort of stuff. So maybe you don't need like big fancy setups, but yep. all the headsets I've seen have been, you know, more than I wanted to spend as a consumer. Eventually we're going to get to some like Tony Stark style. Setups where you can just walk into a building and be like, "It's an implant." Yeah. What's up with this building? Here? You know, you have you talk to a conscience like you're in your head, or maybe I'm just crazy and I have conversations in my head. Uh, you know, like rationalizing yeah. because I have a conscience. I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> like, instead of having a conscience, they rip out your conscience and give you a Jarvis. There you go. Uh, Jarvis becomes your conscience. Um, yeah. Yep. So uh, mixed reality though. It has some of the same functionalities as the augmented reality that we discussed. Um, you know, project planning, QAQC, uh, your, your dream of facilities management that you always talk about. I love it, man. I love that you're so enthusiastic about it. Uh, but, but it is kind of where we got to get to, right? Uh, being able to, to walk around a room and say, Oh man, there's a air handling unit over there. Um, I guess I wouldn't be in a room, but uh, there's an air handling unit over there that, um, you know, needs you know a filter or is due for servicing soon. Yeah. Stuff yeah. is or or you know I get a service ticket and I'm like oh man uh you know um our furnace number 127 needs an issue. Well, where's furnace 127? And it's it like you walks know, you there and it tells well, not you only exactly does it lock me there because I'm, I'm I might not even be on that facility. It gives me Google directions to yep. get to that building and then it tells me you know how to navigate into that building to get to that damn furnace. Uh, and then it, then it pulls up all the repair information on that furnace, like how many times it's been repaired. And then it tells me how to do the tasks that I want to do. Yep. Yep. That's and pretty good. work for that company, if they have storage of elements on there, like items of that type, you could use it as a uh, inventory control, right? Yeah. Oh, hey, we're going to be doing maintenance on this, th- these pieces of equipment this week. We're going to need all of this going out, and we want it, we need it reordered. Or maybe it's going to do it for us because we know that all of this maintenance is coming up. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the that's the the that's eventual the dream. dream, right? Um, yep. I'm sure somebody out there is doing something to that standard, but it's probably not standardized across their whole company, or, or maybe it's very loose, right? But I, I know, like, um, so Autodesk had this application. We talked about you know glue already, where we we're talking about pulling up your 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 iOS device and um, seeing you know you know, overlay your model against the, the actual construction that's going on. 
Yeah. Um, well, there's also another component of that. Um, you, you know, we talked about this workflow where you can populate uh, field data inside of Glue, and we can do an export to um, uh, an owner's um, ticket management system. Well, we can give them that ticket management system, and they already have that capabilities in an iOS device, right? You know, they could say, um, you know, this building has, you know, you know, the furnace in this building, where is it? it takes me to that furnace in that building. It tells me all the information in that furnace. It's, I don't know. Yep. I wouldn't say it's AR. It's, you know, it's kind of AR-ish. I would think so, yeah. I mean, but, and very useful. But, yeah, it is. But, but you know, it was a very limited um, adoption at that time. And then they rebuilt the BIM 360 platform. So we'll see if they built in that, build in that asset tracking capability um, throughout the whole thing and then, you know, what happens to that and if we get that functionality in the new, new version. But I don't know. It was pretty cool. I, I liked it. I, I liked showing it off. I like playing with it. Um, you know, just, it, it actually is what, you know, compelled me to realize that, um, you don't need to put everything into a facilities management model, only certain elements. Like, I don't need to know wall finishes in my, in my facilities management model. I don't need to know, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff you don't need to know that you've overmodeled for whatever reason. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but so that's, you know, AR, VR, MR, um, it kind of all have similar functionalities. I think, uh, VR being an exception, I can't even talk, dude, I'm only two beers in, uh, being the <laughs> exception. Oh my God. Old. The cheap date. Uh, Cheat day, dude. They're only 6.7 too, man. I'm I'm a wimp. Uh, I think I drank some 8.9s or something on this podcast, and I think the second beer in, I was probably doing, you know, uh, the mariachi or the macarena. That's the dance. I think I was doing that, man. But you guys are talking, I'm just like dancing it out. I don't know. Uh, I, gotta, I don't know, man. Whenever I I get a little tipsy, I gotta move. Uh, I got the standing desk too, so uh, I run all this off my wife's computer, so. Hopefully she's not secretly recording me dancing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like some Cindy Lauper, right? Oh man, uh, I'm not gonna admit to anything. Uh, I can't even confirm. Just that. go straight to like Ted. Ted two. Oh man. I actually I'm laughing, but I've never seen Ted two. You haven't? Oh, oh such a good movie. Mark Wahlberg and a stone teddy bear. I don't know. The first one I was like half watching. Yeah. I don't think I ever really watched it. Watched it. Is it funny? Is it good? It is. I think it is pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, David is a hippie, so. Uh, yes, this is true. <laughs> uh, no. uh, yeah. So, so I really can't think of anything outside of the AR and MR stuff. I think the VR allows us to do a little bit of the design components yeah. that we we're talking about and show off and sell and all that stuff. Um, and maybe you can use AR to sell as well, right? So you're showing what your room looks like, but you have the backdrop, the actual view uh, of, of that. I mean, that'd probably pretty cool, especially if you went out and flew flew a site around it, and you know maybe yeah. you have a drone footage showing where the 13th floor looks out and what that person would might see. That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. It'd be very awesome for any owners, stakeholders to see. I think it would be awesome for any training of any individuals that would be well, going on site or anything like that. Well, that's a great value add for GC to help sell, right? You know. Oh yeah. You know, do some stuff like that. Like I've can't say names of the projects, but uh, helped out with some stuff where 
you know, they had multiple sites and they want at the end of this, uh, the design phase, they wanted an aggregated model of everything so mm-hmm. that this owner could, you know, push it to their own headset platform without giving too much away. Uh, but they wanted to have all this stuff so they could walk through all the sites all in essentially one model. And, um, uh, you know, like that technology already exists. Like we're already doing that. That's yep. awesome. Yep. I mean, honestly, if you, you think about even to like the, the smaller degrees, let's think of a college student, right? Their first day on campus. Where am I? Where am I going? Being able to use something like that to figure out where they are, what's going on, where do they go for this class, for that class? And then pushing that up, I mean, in, into construction, into whatever industry that you can think of, really. I mean, I think this this can be used uh, kind of everywhere for Dude, everything. If, when I was in college, if there was some kind of application that I could just load my schedule into, and it would yep. map out how you know. How can long you imagine it takes that? To get it would tell class. you where. Well, yeah, do that. I would amazing. like shortest route. Right. Man. God, I can't tell you how, how late I You've got classes. little arrows on your phone telling you where to go. Yes, let's go. <laughs> or it tells you there's a Taco Bell on the way. I was in college. Oh, time. there's a Taco Bell on the Taco way. Taco Bell on yes, the way, man. 3 a.m. This Stop. one is open. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man. Love These it. are open. These are closed. <laughs> or imagine that in your car, like, right? So your car's self-driving. Yeah. is autonomous, but you got this windshield. You say, you know... Tesla, I'm hungry. And it's like, you normally eat at, you know, name junk fast food chain here. Um, there are 13 between your here and your next destination. Would you like to stop the close, closest one? Fuck yeah, I would. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you say Sonics? I did say Sonics, yeah. I went to Sonic today, man. That's funny. My, so, uh, my daughter loves slushies. Uh, she's yep. seven. And everywhere we go, she's like, do they have a slushie? I want a slushie. I'm like, you had two slushies in your whole life. How do you know that you want a slushie? So we were having a little daddy-daughter day while my wife was putting my son down for a nap after church. And uh, we were driving out. And I was like, you know what? I got somewhere I want to take you. I used to have, go to these places all the time when I lived in Texas because they were on like every block. But uh, they're a little few and far between in Pennsylvania. Found one. It was about 10 minutes from the house, 10, 15 minutes. Uh, made the drive. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, brought back all the memories, man. Sonic, dude. Uh, yeah. Slushies. They're the jam. They are. You're not paid sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to say that, um, what is their, their ocean, uh, ocean, ah, dang it, what is it called? The, the blue one that they had. The blue, maybe it's just called Blue Ocean. I just know, it's, yeah, it's the blue one. Yeah, the blue one. It's like Sprite and coconut flavoring and blue dye, essentially, is what it is. Um, that tastes extremely well with vodka when you're, <laughs> for the sake of a recorded podcast, 21 years old. Not under 21 years old. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, yeah, but if you could tell me, you know, hey, look, you know, what's the weight at this Sonic or... Or, uh, uh, you know, there's three of them on your route or whatever. You know, that's, that's what we're getting to. Yep, yep, it is. Yep, yep. Well, I think we've kind of been all over the place. I think podcast. so. Plenty of tangents for this podcast. Love it. Hopefully you guys get sucked down our <laughs> tangent webs and you can never crawl out. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, there's plenty of headsets out there. You just kind of figure out what applications works for you. If you're looking at AR, VR, MR, you know, I'll say if you're doing design, VR makes more sense 
than say an MR application, but that's just because I'm not really thinking uh, further downstream. They well, can analyze your layouts, your designs, and, and kind of predict problems before any work begins, allowing you really to correct oh, yeah. anything before you break in ground. Yeah, well, I think the best case scenario in the future is to have a device that can do AR, VR, and MR. You know, if you're doing MR, you're you're technically capable of doing AR and VR. So yep. finding out what that is, you know, maybe do some playing around with uh, trying to figure out what makes sense for you. I've, you know, chatted with a few people in the industry, and we're we're going to help sell some, um, you know, advanced technology AR, VR applications, uh, workflows, concepts to people in their industry. But you got to start at the the low ground, right? It's all about like you know, you know, look, these are the tools you have available today for you. Now let's show what we can do with those tools and then take it one step further and say, you know, if only you have this device or a device of this nature, this type of headset, then you could actually do this, this, and this. But if you can communicate that or you could actually push the boundaries and extents of the free devices that are already available to you, because AR, VR, all that stuff, look, there are a thousand free apps out there. You have a smartphone. The world is yours. Uh, Imagine being a contractor that can show your client what it's going to look like when you're done on their phone. Yeah. Say, hey, pull this up. All right, here we go. Or, you know, you pull your phone out and be like, okay, as we walk around their house or we walk around the site, you know, and you can tell them, hey, just look at this. And and they can see it. And it's like that's where they are. And they look around and and, and just see kind of everything that uh, is surrounding them, right? They're able to interact with it and and say, no, this is exactly what I want. Or no, can we do this, this, and this? And be able to change it within minutes or hours, right? I would would hope that minutes, but hours, (laughs) whatever, you know, be able to change it quickly um, and, and, and save that before maybe construction begins. That's perfect, man. That's a great way to end this podcast, bud. Um, on that note, man, I, you know, I think we've covered a lot of things. You know, whether you get HoloLens, Google Glass, use your smartphone, whatever it is, um, just play around with what you got available to you. And then, uh, you know, do some, do some deep dives. There's a lot of great forums out there, a lot of great people in the industry that are great to bounce ideas off of and help you, you know, conceptualize uh, what you're actually trying to do and why it's beneficial. So with that said, uh, it was a pleasure talking to you, David. Uh, thank you for another episode of Bring With Them. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me, as always.